Welcome to the first Faith at Work Sermon Podcast of 2021. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin, and each week I invite you to turn with me to Sacred Scripture to try to figure out what God might be trying to tell us there. I hope that you will find something of meaning here, no matter what faith tradition you're a part of, or even if you don't identify with any faith tradition at all. We all have spiritual needs to be met, and the Bible is a good place to start meeting those needs. This week, January 6th, marked the official end of the Christmas season with the celebration of Epiphany, when we traditionally hear the story of the wise men, or magi, led by a star to the birthplace of Jesus. They visit to worship the child who they believe would grow up to be the Messiah. With them, they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's some political drama to this story because the wise men are forced to employ a bit of deception in order to sneak past King Herod wanted to seek out and eliminate this threat to his power, a baby born in Bethlehem. And so, we turn to Scripture. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For he observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Well, then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had been seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They left for their own country by another road. And a reading from the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being with him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not overcome it. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I have some vivid memories from an incredibly young age. I can remember back to when I was three or four years old, sleeping in a youth bed located in my parents' bedroom. It had a wooden side rail to keep me from tumbling out onto the floor during the night. 
I felt safe and secure in my cozy bed with my parents across the room. They put me to bed before they went to sleep, but they would leave the door to the living room open so that I didn't feel alone, and the room, room wouldn't be so dark. I also remember graduating to a big boy bed without a rail, which they put in a smaller bedroom adjacent to theirs. Now, since I was a big boy, they shut the door after saying goodnight. Although my new room was much darker, a strip of light was always visible filtering through a wide gap beneath the door. And whenever fear started materializing into monstrous shapes in the dark corners of my room, a quick glance at the light under the door was there to remind me of the protective presence of Mom and Dad in the next room. Fortunately, I was usually asleep before they clicked off the lights in their room. The fear of the dark is primal and universal. We know from archaeological evidence that human beings before the dawn of time huddled around fires to push back the darkness and keep away dangerous predators, stalking them in the shadows. Even more terrifying than known beasts were the unseen images of monsters conjured up in their imaginations. In addition to the light of the fire, they also looked up to the lights in the sky and comforted themselves with the belief that benevolent gods looked down protectively upon them. The world was still a dark place in the first century when Jesus was born. Not only were people faced with predators and other natural dangers, they lived in the fear of cruel tyrants and brutal regimes. They lived in fear of plagues and famine. It was a dark age. Astrologers discerned that the lights in the sky were not only evidence of the presence of gods or God, but that the movements and juxtapositions of these heavenly orbs were messages from God in his heaven. God was in communication with his people to soothe their fear of the dark and relieve their night terrors. As John reminds us, the people of Israel were living in great darkness. God promised to send a light into the world. Now the Magi, or wise men, who followed the star to the birthplace of Jesus were astrologers and searched the stars for evidence of God fulfilling that promise of a new light. They had heard that a new king was going to be born to the Jews, a Messiah. And although we're not told exactly what they believed, they must have thought that this was going to be a different type of king, a more benevolent king than the brutal Herod. And so they followed the star and found the child in Bethlehem and delivered their gifts as an acknowledgement of who he was. But the child is the real star of this story. He is the true light that comes into the world. He is a light under the bedroom door. The reminder that someone is awake in the other room keeping watch over us. God watches over us, over us all from heaven. The birth of Jesus did not bring a complete end to the darkness in the world. His birth was a faint sliver of light under the door. And the events that followed Jesus' birth are evidence that the arrival of God's light did not totally end the reign of darkness. The full Holy Family had to flee to Egypt in fear of Herod. 
And when Herod found out that the wise men had betrayed him and not given away the location of the baby, he unleashed one of the darkest and cruelest acts of history. He killed all the children around Bethlehem under two years of age. It's an infamous, infamous act remembered as the killing of the innocents. In a subterranean tomb in Bethlehem, even today, you can view the small headstones placed in remembrance of those innocent children. Herod's genocidal rage was born of his own fear and insecurity that his power would be taken from him. Matthew says that fear was shared by the powerful religious elite in Jerusalem. All of Jerusalem was afraid because Herod was the king of the Jews. But Herod lived in his own personal darkness. His power gave him no comfort. In fact, it made him more insecure. According to Matthew, Mary and Joseph lived in exile in Egypt with their child until an angel of the Lord appeared to them to tell them that Herod had died. Even then, learning that another brutal ruler, Archelaus, had succeeded Herod in ruling over Judea, the couple went instead to Galilee in the north and settled in the small town of Nazareth. There the light of Christ flickered barely noticed until he would burst forth upon the scene almost thirty years later when Jesus' destiny was fully unfolded. Ironically, January 6, 2021, the day that we celebrated the coming of Christ's light into the world was one of the darkest days in American history. Driven by their own frustrations, fears, and a quest for power, a murderous crowd unleashed their fury on the U.S. Capitol, the symbol of democracy, and threatened the elective representatives gathered there to carry out their role in one of democracy's most sacred functions, selecting a president through the power of the vote. Many people to whom I have spoken since then are afraid. They're living in the dark. They fear that the darkness may overcome the light of democracy. As Christians, we may witness the hatred and violence in question whether the darkness has overcome that light. These past few days have set me to looking for evidence of light under the door. And one of the first lights that occurred to me and allowed me to sleep soundly these past few nights is not a biblical passage or a theological dogma, but an insight made by the great 19th century French admirer and critic of American democracy, Alexis de Tocqueville. Tocqueville said, The greatness of America lies not in being more enlightened than any other nation, but rather in her ability to repair her faults. This quality is reflected in a one-line prayer embedded in America the Beautiful, in which we sing, God mend thine every flaw. My faith in the American people and the resilience of our democracy allows me to sleep at night. But the real light that I have discovered in the past few nights is the one that we have just celebrated, 
the epiphany of Jesus Christ. A new light has come into the world, or is still coming into the world, born not of a quest for power or by the will of men, but by the will of God. And the darkness will not overcome this light. It couldn't 2,000 years ago. It won't now. On December 21st, 2020, people around the world witnessed an amazing astronomical event with the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, the closest they had been to one another in 397 years. This conjunction was referred to by many as the Christmas star. Astronomers and biblical scholars have long speculated that it was such a conjunction that led the stargazing magi to Bethlehem. Regardless of what exact astronomical alignment the wise men witnessed, the Christmas star of 2020 can serve as a visual reminder of the star Bethlehem. I choose to think of it as an omen and a source of hope. In 1988, late President George H.W. Bush waxed poetic about the goodness of the American people and the power of volunteer organizations to bring light into the world. President Bush described these voluntary associations and the people who supported them as a brilliant diversity spread like stars, like a thousand points of light in a broad and peaceful sky. Bush said that he was no poet, but it seems pretty poetic to me. The star that can resist the darkness, that always seeks to overcome it, is the one that leads to love, compassion, and forgiveness. It is the star that leads us to the child of Bethlehem. And when we are enlightened by the love of Christ, we become points of light in God's firmament. Lights that others can look to. When you go to bed tonight, do not shiver afraid and alone in the darkness. Just look for the light under the door. Someone is up all night keeping watch over you and all of us. In the words of Psalm 121, My help comes from the Lord, who made the heavens and earth, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. His light never goes out. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. You're always welcome here. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you. May the light of God shine upon you give you comfort and peace. Amen.